morning. Hope everyone is doing great on this beautiful Lord's Day, which we have been blessed with. And we are going to take a brief hiatus from the book of John this morning. Yeah, you excited, Roger? I bet. As I've been studying uh, the book of John, you know, and obviously uh, any of the four Gospels and even uh, the book of Acts as you study, you hear a lot about the Pharisees and Sadducees and even the Sanhedrin. And I've heard these all my life. Never really fully understood who they were uh, or what they did or stood for, you know, and, and even their role in, uh, in Christianity and the crucifixion of Christ. So, uh, and partly due to my uh, lack of knowledge on the topic, and I even asked Ashley several questions about them, and she didn't know much. I thought, well, it might be a good idea if I just kind of, you know, have a brief lesson on the Pharisees and Sadducees. And and if you didn't know uh, about it, then maybe I can teach you something. And if you did know, and perhaps you need a refresher on it. So uh, before we go, you know, much further into the study of John, I thought it might be good uh, to do this. So... Before we get really deep into, uh, which I'm not going to get real deep, but before we start actually discussing the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, there's a couple, I guess, uh, prerequisite topics we need to kind of go over. Uh, The first, I guess, really we need to touch on is the the two temple periods. Judaism, or the Jewish religion, uh, which I guess Christianity somewhat grew out of that, you know, however you want to phrase it, you know, that's where everything started was with the Jews uh, and Moses and and all that good stuff. Alright, so throughout history, uh, in in the Bible, and, and I hope everybody understands that uh, the Bible, in essence, is a history book. You know, it gives the history of, uh, you know, uh, our religion and, and, uh, or Christianity and how it developed and the Jews. So uh, when you look at it through history, there's two temple periods, Jewish temples uh, that were built. I think everybody knows that. And they were very important to the Jews. So, first question, who built the first temple? Anybody? Solomon. Solomon constructed the first temple in uh, roughly 1000 B.C. And then the second temple, or the, the first temple, was destroyed by whom? Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian conquest. Um, 
destroyed the second temple in I think it was around 586 BC uh, when uh, so basically uh, the second temple came along in around 515 BC and was subsequently destroyed there in Jerusalem in 70 AD which we've already discussed that a little bit because uh, John um, the apostle living in Jerusalem at that time taking care of Jesus' mother and after the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that is when he moved to Ephesus so but the uh, the second temple uh, in in the secular world is referred to as Second Temple Judaism, uh, and it kind of exists between the construction of the Second Temple in Jerusalem in 515 and its destruction by the Romans in 70, C, 70 A.D. With, um, because of the Jewish-Roman War. Um, I don't know if, how many realize that's the reason that the temple was destroyed was because of the Jews and the Romans had an ongoing conflict for, for several years off and on during that time period. And then in 70 AD, the Romans came in and destroyed uh, Jerusalem as well as the temple uh, which John prophesied in, in the book of Revelation. That was kind of what his writings were about while he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. But uh, the, the development of the, the Hebrew Bible, um, the synagogue, and the Jewish expectations for the future, and the rise of Christianity can all be traced to this second temple period. Um, so, and during this period, uh, like I said, which ran somewhere between, say, 586 B.C. and seven, uh, 70 A.D., there were several di different periods, or uh, they were under different um, rules or rulers, um, different empires that had conquered them. Uh, but we're going kind of just go through four. The first one, obviously, was the Babylonian uh, conquest by Nebuchadnezzar, which we read about in the Old Testament. Um, when uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar came, on, came in and destroyed uh, or conquered uh, Judea, uh, the Jewish, um, he took prisoners, I guess you could say. Uh, they're re referred to as exiles. But um, he destroyed the temple and deported just the elite Jews of the population to Babylon. And this is known as the Babylonian exile. And uh, they were not treated bad when he transported them or you know, had them exiled uh, to Babylon. They were not actually considered slaves or even prisoners. They were, they were allowed to you know, live freely, live a normal life, except they were 
that had been moved out of Judea uh, into Babylon. Um, and actually, when the Babylonians were captured or overthrown by the Persians, uh, the Persians gave the Jews the permission to return to J- Jerusalem. However, a significant portion of those Jews that had been exiled decided to stay. They, they liked it, that it, bec- that it became their, uh, their home, and, and they saw no reason to leave and, and decided to stay. So uh, those Jews, as well as their descendants, formed uh, what's referred to as a diaspora or a separate community um, of Jews that lived outside of Judea. And in the first century, uh, it's reported that there were more Jews in Syria than uh, anywhere else in the world, including, you know, there in Judea, there in, uh, around Jerusalem. And there was also a separate uh, group uh, in Egypt. So you those three main groups... You know, the main one, I guess you could say, was in, in Judea, there around Jerusalem. And then the largest number-wise or population-wise would have been in Syria. And then another group in Egypt. So, um, but continu- continuing on, uh, in 539 B.C., Babylon fell to the Persian Empire... And he was, they were more, uh, I guess you could say, accepting of the Jews. They, they let them return, and uh, they allowed them to rebuild the, the temple. Uh, took approximately five, six years, from 520 to 515 B.C. to construct the second temple, or the new temple. Uh, and then the end of the Persian Empire uh, came at the hands of Alexander the Great and his conquest of the Mediterranean area uh, in 333 and 332 B.C. So you had the Babylonians, uh, which destroyed the temple, uh, the first temple, uh, the Temple of Solomon, as it's often referred to. And then you had... Um, the Persian Empire, and then you had the Greeks, and then finally the Romans. And that's kind of basically an overview of all those in that time period uh, until the destruction of the, the Second Temple in 70 AD. There has been attempts to rebuild the third, you know, third time to create the third temple. There's been several attempts at that, but all have failed. And when I say uh, even up into the uh, 1900s, in the 60s, there's been uh, talk and um, efforts made to actually rebuild that temple. So, anyway, during this, the second temple period, it's when the first temple period, the Jews were I guess what you could say, evil. What kind of what we read, like Moses, they they worshipped um, idols. They worshipped a lot of different gods, such as Baal, 
Um, and that, you know, just different idol, uh, idols. And, and then during, after the exile uh, and Babylonian captivity and the Persians came in, it's like they had reformed, so to speak, and kind of went back to the law, uh, the original Mosaic law, which they abided by and, you know, kind of did away with the idolatry and um, <clears throat> were more monotheist, monotheistic in their religion. In other words, they just worshiped the one true God. And so we're, we're, we're a lot more devout during the second uh, period. So, um, and then the second thing I guess I need to touch on is the Torah. I'm not sure how many of you have actually heard the term Torah, but most of you probably have heard the, the word Pentateuch, uh, which is the first five books of the New Testament, which were written by Moses. And this is, uh, kind, this is what the Torah is, but this is the, the Jews refer to it as the Torah. And um, it's the first five books uh, which were written by Moses, um, and it's, it's referred to as the written Torah. So during the, the second temple period, the, there were two Torahs that are referred to. One is the written Torah, which is the actual scroll of the first five books. And which is held sacred. I mean, they still have it today. It's still encased and taken care of and all that. So the, you have the written Torah and then you have the oral Torah. Uh, and it's pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, the oral Torah not only contains uh, the written Torah, the first five books, but as well as uh, teachings of the prophets and high priests and kings and traditions, so to speak, that have been passed down from generation to generation. So um, the written Torah, strictly that written scroll, oratora, contains all the, the teachings and preachings as well as the written portion. So, uh, but the totality of the Jewish religion at that time, uh, uh, the teaching, culture, practices, uh, writings, you know, all that's the, the Torah. And common to all these meanings, the Torah consists of the origin of the Jewish peoplehood, their call uh, by God uh, to be, you know, God's people. Um, their trials and tribulations that they went through, such as uh, Egyptian captivity and slavery and their, their journey through the wilderness um, and then their covenants with God which involves following a way of life um, and set up their moral and uh, religious obligations as well as their civil law, the laws that they go by just in their civil life. This was established from, uh, from the written Torah. So, with that being said, the uh, Pharisees, 
The Pharisee, the, the name Pharisee is, uh, comes from the Hebrew word, which means uh, to separate. Uh, and exactly what they were separating themselves from, we're not sure, you know, whether it's from other Jewish factions or sects. That during the Second Temple period, there were actually uh, several, I think, mainly four different groups that that arose or formed based on their kind of beliefs in how to interpret and uh, live according to the Torah. So, but they were, you know, kind of founded, if you want to say that word, in around 167 B.C., um, and, it, you know, it was just basically a social movement or a school of thought that was common amongst this group. And um, so Pharisees, they have been uh, made notable, I guess you could say, or, or referenced in the New Testament to conflicts with John the Baptist um, as well as with Jesus, like we studied last week here in, in the, the healing of the lame man and them uh, saying he violated the, uh, the Sabbath and as well as blasphemy. Um, so um, there's several references in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul was a, was a Pharisee before he was converted. Uh, but the relationship between the early Christians and the Pharisees uh, kind of depends on the individual. Um, in other words, while numerous nameless Pharisees were portrayed as hostile uh, towards Christians and towards Christ, uh, there are several New Testament writings that make mention of a few Pharisees, uh, including... Joseph of Arimathea, uh, Nicodemus, and Gamaliel, who were all sympathetic to Jesus uh, and other Christians. And it's been, you know, kind of passed along as far as um, just thoughts or, or traditions, whatever, that Gamaliel was actually had converted to Christianity at a later date. Um, but you know that's you know we can't prove that. <clears throat> but the Pharisees were a Jewish group or faction uh, mentioned 98 times in the New Testament, mainly in the four Gospels as well as Acts. Um, the root meaning of the word, like I said, it means to in in Hebrew means to separate uh, or detach. And from who they, you know, wanted to separate from, it could have been uh, priests or clerics or those who um, interpreted the law differently than, <clears throat> than what they did. And I kind of, you know, it kind of made me think that maybe it, it was somewhat like uh, perhaps the Baptist church um, where you have different, I guess you could say, groups or factions, like you've got the, the Free Will Baptists, you've got Southern Baptists, you've got uh, Primitive Baptists, and they all kind of have their own 
take or or beliefs on on um, what the Bible says we should do. They detached. Uh, they came out whenever the Hellenist group, the Greeks, and the Alexander the Great, were forced into this torment. The uh, they detached from the the system of living like the Greeks did. You know, in Rome, do as the Romans do. But when the Greeks there, the Hellenist group, they wild whatever they want to do. The Sadducees went along with them on a lot of their living, as well as uh, they didn't believe in the whole law. You're going to get into that. But they, the scribes, this is one who came up with the Pharisees, who kept copying the law so they could have a political uh, pull against the Greeks and then with the Romans. Mm-hmm. But they were so persecuted by the Greeks that they were trying to kill and destroy. And so the scribes got them to come out to help them. But they detached from the Greek way of living. Right. Like Brother uh, Mike was saying, the, during the Hellenistic period, which was when the Greeks had uh, control, I guess you could say, of that, that area, um, if you can remember way back when, in maybe high school, when we studied uh, Alexander the Great and the Hellenistic period, but there was a lot of emphasis on uh, literature and art, uh, appreciation for the human body, uh, and that that was a bad thing because there was you know a lot of homosexuality. You know, that's when you got a lot of this uh, art, I guess, if you want to call it art, of uh, the nude bodies and and the appreciation of that type thing. But uh, the appreciation for literature also had a lot of... This is when the translation and compilation of a lot of the Old Testament, like the Chronicles, um, um, a lot of those books, even the Minor Prophets were, were assembled and translated into Greek for, you know, uh, so that to help, and whether they did it for this reason or not, but it helped spread that to uh, other regions that that were under their control that read Greek and you know that that was their primary language so it helped in that sense um, anybody got any other comments so or questions Septuagint yes right Right, and the Old Testament primarily was written in Aramaic or Hebrew, uh, and and then later translated into the Greek text, uh, and there was some Latin scattered in there as well until the the King James translators came in and translated it into the the English text that we know of today that we're familiar with. So. You know, a lot of people often have questions or doubts about the authenticity of the Bible and how it came to be the Bible that we have today. Well, 
this is kind of when it all started. Uh, you have the, you know, the first five books, the Pentateuch, and then during the second temple period, uh, and the scribes played the biggest role in this. They're the ones that uh, help protect um, and uh, hold on to these these written books and scripture uh, that was inspired by the uh, the writers from God, and you know, and they're still available today. You know, it's still kept, kind of like the way the United States holds their Constitution and and Bill of Rights and uh, the preamble, all that stuff. You can still see this, you know, same type thing with all these ancient writings. Uh, so, but that's an, that's kind of a interesting study if you ever get the chance to look at it. All right, so we kind of went over, uh, and, and the Pharisees were considered the common people or the common Jews, what, what I'd like to refer to as the blue-collar Jews. That, that were the Pharisees. Um, uh, <clears throat> the New Testament depicts the Pharisees as opponents of Jesus and the early Christians uh, however, in Luke 13:31, they warned Jesus that his life was in danger from Herod. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, as well as 14, they invite him for meals. They, uh, they're attracted to, or some are attracted to, and actually believe in Jesus. Uh, John chapter 3, chapter 7, and chapter 9, which we'll get into at a later date, and they protect early Christians um, in Acts 5 uh, and in Acts chapter 23, and then in Philippians chapter 3 verse 5, uh, Paul asserts that he was a, uh, a Pharisee. In Acts 23, 8, um, you know, it's quoted that the Sadducees say there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. So this would give the impression that the, the doctrine or the Pharisees placed their main emphasis on, on doctrine and the law. Uh, but, you know, um, Matthew 23 Matthew chapter 23 calls attention to their number one positions of religious authority in the community uh, and being mainly scribes, uh, you know, they obviously knew, knew the law because they were the ones writing it. Um, their concern, they had great concern for outward recognition and honor. Uh, they were enthusiastic about uh, making converts uh, and trying to convert people to Judaism. Uh, but they placed uh, a lot of emphasis on observing the legalistic aspects of the law. And in verse 23 of Matthew 23, Jesus condemns them, not for what they did, but for neglecting the more important matters of the law, uh, such as justice, mercy, and Faithfulness. So uh, the Pharisees, they, they were very legalistic, and obviously that was, uh, you know, 
readily observable in our in the previous lessons or the previous chapter we're studying about how they were concerned more about him violating the Sabbath day than actually the miracle that, that had occurred. So uh, in some ways the Pharisees were very good people uh, but they were also cold and legalistic. Um, they were holy men that, who kept the law and they pursued or pursued purity with passion and wanted nothing more than, than to live lives that pleased God uh, and they were sincere. They were sincere, although they were misguided. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? How many of you know very good, sincere people who just are misguided in, in their beliefs? I think every one of us know probably a lot. You know, I know I do. Um, but there were never more than 6,000 Pharisees in the country and they were known as the brotherhood that's what they were known for and they entered this brotherhood by taking a pledge in front of three witnesses and they would spend all their lives observing every detail of the scribal law so um, kind of in a nutshell um, and you know after the destruction of Jerusalem and the second temple uh, the Pharisees just kind of, you know, just gradually faded away uh, and didn't play, uh, you know, much of a role. But at that time, there was a lot going on. Christianity had really taken off um, and was spreading. Uh, and then you had the, the conflict with the Romans, which hampered uh, their their normal way of life or what they saw as their, their normal way of life. All right, the Sadducees. Let's see here. The Fadu uh, Sadducees, uh, they were also a separate uh, faction or group of Jews. Like I said, there was you know, several that came up during this second temple period. Um, and... I forgot to mention, but the, the Pharisees, let's go back for just one second. The Pharisees uh, believed and, um, I guess, believed in the oral Torah, which is what, what I discussed uh, just a minute ago. Not only the, the written portion, but all those uh, traditions and writings and sayings of the prophets and high priests and, and all that. That's what the Pharisees uh, believed in. The kind of the whole thing. Not just the written part but the, the I don't know if you'd call it uninspired part but the, the writings of the high priests, preachers, teachers, prophets, that thing. Now the Sadducees on the other hand believed only the written Torah. That part that was written, the five, the first five books, the Pentateuch that Moses wrote, that's what they went by. Um, they were, you know, like the Pharisees, their so-called date that they were founded was somewhere around 167. 
just like the Pharisees. And what we mainly know about these two is that they were the antithesis of each other. Uh, they were almost they were completely at odds a lot of times with uh, as far as beliefs and traditions. They were always at odds with each other. Um, but they also started during the simple, uh, second temple period, like I said, um, in roughly 167 B.C. They drew their name from Zadok, who was the, the first high priest uh, of ancient Israel uh, to serve in the first temple, the Temple of Solomon. And they, can con- they trace their lineage all the way back to um, Aaron which is the brother of, of Moses. But they were, um, they wielded a, or controlled a lot of uh, political as well as uh, social power in, in a lot of aspects of just Jewish life as a whole. Uh, it's no secret uh, by studying in the Bible that these men Hated Jesus and were the, uh, uh, they were considered, I guess you could say, the aristocrats, the, the well to do, not, not the blue collar, average uh, Jew. They were the, you know, well to do, affluent Jews that had, uh, you know, uh, a lot of political uh, power at that time. Uh, and they were known as much for their wealth and corruption as they were for their um, religious devotion. So um, they had a lot of connections with the Romans. Uh, they they kind of uh, before the major conflicts they were you know what I would say they were really in cahoots with the Romans, um, and that's where they got a lot of their authority and money to do that. But they um, were not sure about their name, uh, but like I said, the thought is they're derived from from Zadok, which was the first high priest. Uh, In in the time of Judas, uh, Jesus, the Sadducees controlled the two most important in- institutions of Jewish, Jewish society, which was the Jerusalem Temple and uh, the Sanhedrin, which we'll get to here in a second, hoping I have time to go over that. Um, but uh, let me find how the... the I had it written down how they ah I'm running out of time. But the uh, I can't find where I wrote it down. But real quick, here's their the Sadducees' belief. Uh, they put uh, their emphasis was on the written Torah. They believed the Bible or the Old Testament was the only authority on matters of faith and life and rejected the Pharisees' teaching that the oral Torah or oral tradition was equal to written scripture. They believed in unrestrained free will, meaning God had no role in personal lives of humans. Everyone was a master of his or 
her own destiny. Sadducees rejected anything of the supernatural. Uh, they refuted uh, beliefs in angels, demons, heaven, hell, and the resurrection. Uh, or any resurrection of the dead. Not just Christ's resurrection, but like say Lazarus or uh, any of that. They, they, they did not believe in resurrection of the dead. Um, their, um, their way of thinking was that souls, a person's soul dies with their body. Uh, in other words, when you die, you're dead like Rover, you're dead all over. So, you know, you're dead, that's the end of it. You know, nothing more. Uh, and in spite of the previous, they um, believe strongly in the ritual purity as... Uh, as Moses had written, and they didn't want anything to disqualify them from leading the temple services that generated income. And this is the story we read about when Jesus cleansed the temple. This was the Sadducees that were, you know, being corrupt and making money um, from them. So I'll kind of finish this little bit up. I don't have much, but I just wanted to finish up on Sadducees and then touch on the Sanhedrin a little bit next week and then hopefully finish up uh, John or the chapter of John.